1: Caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at slash care to be great.
3: It's Cougar Sports Saturday. Cougar Sports Saturday. A presentation of KSL Sports. KSL Sports. Left wing for three. He got it again! BYU Sports Talk by Cougar Fans for Cougar Fans. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte, on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars. KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM.
4: Welcome back into KSL News Radio, your legacy home of the BYU Cougars. BYU Baseball has a new skipper as they prepare for their final season as a member of the West Coast Conference before they join the Big 12. The new head man joins us now, and he is Trent Pratt. And Coach, thanks for joining us here on KSL News Radio.
5: Well, Thanks for having me. Appreciate you guys.
4: It's an exciting time for BYU baseball season. gets started on Friday, February 17th with a four-game series down in Ruston, Louisiana, against La Tech. Uh, you're no stranger to BYU. I mean, you were on Coach Littlewood's staff for, for 10 seasons as an assistant. Curious, what's the biggest difference for you being the, the head coach now instead of the assistant in the program?
5: Uh, just different responsibilities, some of the same, but um, I guess have to make more decisions. And just that's kind of it. You know, baseball is still the same. Um, that's what I like to do. It's like being out there. And so just, you know, the other things, more administrative stuff, maybe. But I, mean, I just love being here and, and being around these kids and our coaching staff. And so looking forward to getting rolling. Coach
2: Mitch just touched on your your time on the staff before becoming the the head man for BYU baseball. Maybe just give BYU fans a a full background of, of your history. How long have you been involved with baseball, and and
5: how that led you to get to BYU as as the head coach? Yeah, I I grew up in Tula, Utah. Uh, had five brothers. We all kind of played baseball. We had one that straight away played college football. But so no, I I was a, as a player, I played at Arizona State, and then I, I played at Auburn. Um, I played in the Phillies organization for four seasons. And then after I got done playing, I, I kind of knew I always wanted to coach. Um, I knew I had to get my degree first. And so I bought a house in St. George with my wife, Therese, And so we moved to St. George. And Coach Littlewood was the coach there that I, I had a, a previous relationship with. And he offered me – he said he'd help pay for my school if I could help him coach. So that's kind of how – that's how I got into coaching was was through that. And so finished my degree there and then – a full-time job opened up there and then coach Wilbur got the job here and man was gracious enough to ask me to come with him so you know, I have a lot to, for him to thank for as far as where I'm at now and coaching under him so but yeah I've been in baseball man pretty much my whole life um and love it and knew I I had maybe some chances to coach in professional baseball but at the time knew that you now I just I love the college atmosphere I loved my time in college and it's just a great place to be around and I love my family and kids get to come around college baseball and, and the college sports of BYU. So it's just an, an awesome thing for me and my family to be here.
4: How envious are other coaches in the profession to to think that you've been around one spot for a decade? Because I got to imagine that there's a lot of movement.
5: <laughs> there is a lot of movement. Um, and BYU is a unique place that way. That, that's what's special about it, too. But yeah, it, it's been good for me. Yeah.
4: Talk with Coach Trent Pratt here on KSL News Radio. Curious, Coach. You know, with with this season and and just the the program as a whole, what, what are some goals that you have for as far as maybe the style of play, the, uh, the maybe the vision of the that you have for this program?
5: Being the head man now, um, we just, we want to come out and, and just and we'll go go pitch by pitch. Um, you know, next pitch and focus on that. You know, one game to the next. Uh, we want to be an aggressive team. I think. Hopefully, people come to watch and realize, hey, these guys play hard. They play the right way. We're gonna go out there and we're gonna lay it all on the line, and and that's totally what's expected of our team, um, is to go out there and and play hard. Um, we came up kind of with just an acronyms called like Act with Honor. The A stands for Accountability. We know what that means. Like, hey, we're we're gonna do what we say we're gonna do. Um, the C is for Charity. We're here to serve others, whether it's in the community, serve our teammates. Um, the T is Toughness. We're gonna do whatever it takes. You know, on and off the field, wherever it takes, we're, we're going to get it done. And um, the H is for honor. We're, we're going to do what's right. Um, we know what BYU stands for and what it's all about. And so that's kind of the vision of our program, you know, is that acronym. And and that's what we want to live by on and off the field. And we believe if we do those things, that that's it's going to lead to some wins for us.
4: How important has it been to, Coach, to, uh, you know, maybe connect the the, the past because there's a storied history at BYU baseball mm-hmm. and I don't I don't know if sometimes BYU fans realize the the rich tradition that BYU baseball has but there's still endless potential as well too how important has it been in your role to maybe connect alumni so they feel part of this new era of BYU baseball too
5: oh we love our alumni we, we have a golf tournament we have a fundraising dinner and I mean we know that we're in the position we are because of them uh, we know that hey those people laid the groundwork for us and and our players should be proud of of what's come before us, and and know that hey, they they have a you know a big responsibility to keep that going, to, you know to, to live up to those expectations. And we've had former players come talk to us, um, talk to our team, and we want those guys around. Um, the more that I know, most of our guys that signed last year, or we have you know some guys in pro ball, they come and they work out. It's like hey, this place is yours. You guys come, make it your home. Tell us what you need and. We kind of want to roll the red carpet for them. We want those guys around. It's good for our players to see and talk to those guys and know that, hey, that's where I want to get. Okay, wh- what do I have to do to get there? We touched on the
2: 21 players returning from last year's squad, 19 newcomers, several of them coming back off of two-year uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saint Missions. Do you anticipate any of
5: those RMs uh, having a role, being a factor on this year's team? Yeah, we, well, we have a couple a uh, couple guys on the pitching mat. We have Brett Hansen that, man, we expect to, to do a lot for us. Cutter Clausen um, that played a little bit as a freshman, um, and he's back. Uh, we have a catcher in Brighton Ball that has a chance to play. So, no, we're looking for, for those guys to come back and be really good for us. We're going to need them to. Um, we have some holes on the pitching staff that we need to fill, and we feel good about the guys we have. They might be inexperienced, but they're really talented, and you know, I think we they can just take – you know kind of just keep going where those guys left off last year for us. Is the transfer portal as,
4: as big in in college baseball and constructing rosters as as it has become in football
5: and, and basketball? Yeah, I think it's big everywhere. Um, it's something that we haven't got into a ton, but I'm sure as it gets down the road that we will. You know, as far as you're looking for one or two key pieces that, hey, maybe you lost a guy in the draft that maybe you think you were going to or a high school kid signed. Or you lose a kid to the portal. So I think going into this summer, um, we'll definitely have a better handle on that and you know, and and just try to you know, just plug holes where we feel like they're needed. Well, I think for portal guys for us, we want a guy to come in and play right away. If it's a guy we come in and, and hey, he's gonna be a contributor and, and be a big part of our team, that's kind of what we're looking for. A few more moments here with the uh the
2: head man of BOU baseball, Trent Pratt. You uh, earlier in the interview, you, you touched you know, played Arizona State, Auburn, Phillies. Like you've been all around the country playing baseball. Where does the BYU's baseball park stack up in terms of just the venue, the the picturesque, the mountains in the background? How does that park stack up with all the places
5: you've played in your career? Oh, uh, there's nowhere else like it. Um, what well, there's there's a the hit tracks I think a thing like you know like a virtual thing you can hit and you kids can put a background in and a guy's told there the other day that, Biu's field is the number one backdrop that has every backdrop, college park in the country and pro parks, but BYU is the number one backdrop where people play on this hit tracks game. So, man, it's an awesome tool for us to recruit in. And I think sometimes we take it for granted because we look at it every day. So we bring some recru- recruits in out of state or they haven't been here before and they walk out and they're like in awe. They have the mountains that close and up close. Man, there's there's nowhere else like it in the country.
4: The, the visuals are amazing and – there's been a lot of upgrades too with with the facilities. The field is is great. The mm-hmm. scoreboard. How do you feel? Maybe just about the readiness from a facility standpoint. Are you in a position to succeed with this program this year and beyond too?
5: Yeah, no doubt. And our administration's great of knowing the needs of our program and 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 they're great at you know helping us you know accomplish those things. But facility wise, yeah, we're ready to go. Last thing for me,
2: coach. I, and thanks for being generous with your time. We're looking forward to the season kicking off uh on Friday upcoming who in the conference just maybe for BoU fans that aren't as diehard as others who in the conference are going to challenge you guys are going to be difficult in your quest to win the WCC
5: um I, was, I think our, the, our conference is underrated as far as teams go um Gonzaga really good again San Diego's always good those are the kind of teams that we're always we're always battling with it seems like in those top three or four spots LMU returns quite a few players. Pepperdine has a shortstop that will be a high pick, so I think those four or five teams right there are kind of like the teams that will battle. But Gonzaga and San Diego have kind of been at the top for a while, along with us, and so it's kind of the same teams we're going to, you know, go to war with again this year.
4: He's the new manager for BYU baseball. He's Trent Pratt leading a new era for BYU baseball. Let me let me ask you one last thing, Coach mm-hmm. Coach Littlewood wasn't a big fan of the whole Bat Cats nickname. Can we, is that, what's the, where do you lie on that?
5: Do we call them that or just, or just BYU? Hey. As long as we're scoring a bunch of runs, you can call us whatever you want <laughs> for winning games. I don't, I don't really care. Like I just want to win games, and if people want to put nicknames on us. Hey, sweet, let's do it. All right. Well, we'll
4: we'll, uh, we'll that'll be maybe one of our challenges, Matt and I, to come up with some uh, nickname. But we'll and we'll just stay yeah. with BYU. the best let's of luck, it. Coach, and uh, uh, BYU baseball. It's going to be an exciting time, and looking forward to this bright future ahead with you at the helm. And uh, thanks again for spending some time with us here on KSL. Yeah,
5: thank you, guys. Appreciate it.
2: All right, we'll take the break. Good stuff there with the manager, new manager, first year under the helm, Trent Pratt. It's on the other side, some, some newsy stuff out of BYU football. Several players invited to the NFL Combine. Who are they? We'll break that down and talk about that milestone moment for those players after this. Welcome back into to Cougar Sports Saturday. We do this each and every Saturday, noon to 3. Matt Biamonte and Mitch Harper breaking down everything in the world of BYU athletics. And thanks to our guests today, Richie Saunders and Trent Pratt. If you've missed any of the show, we'll put that up on our podcast feed. You can get Cougar Sports Saturday wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show. Leave a review. A like it. Uh, that would help us out tremendously as we – look, me and Mitch here, we're, we're – Diehards, we, we want to have the best product for you guys, so any feedback would be highly welcomed as we kind of tailor the show to you, Cougar Nation and BYU fans. In the world of BYU football, it is pretty quiet. There's some Instagram videos, some Twitter posts, some workouts. Uh, Keaton Slovis had a post that, I'm not going to lie, I, I was a little encouraged by it. Uh, I, I'm I'm changing my tune. I'm buying in a little bit. But I thought the most significant piece of news this week, Mitch, was a couple of invitations to Indianapolis. Who got invited to the NFL Combine and, and what would you make of those invitations? BYU quarterback Jaron Hall, wide receiver Puka Nakua,
4: and offensive tackle Blake Freeland. Not a complete surprise of course when you go to the Senior Bowl. It's likely you're going to get a scouting Combine invite as well. But if you want to get drafted, you kind of have to go to the Combine. It's There's only like 20 to 50 guys, maybe. And that might even be high. I'd have to check the actual numbers over the years. But average, it's pretty much all combine guys getting drafted. So if you want to be in that uh, you know, seven rounds, you got to go to that scouting combine. And BYU's top three draft prospects are Chris Brooks. He's not going to be there. He had a nice Hula Bowl performance. He'll probably be a high-priority free agent, I would imagine, for Chris Brooks. But uh, big chance for Jaron Hall, Puka Nakua, and Blake Freeland to... Uh, kind of bounce back their draft stock a little bit because I all I think all three took some hits at senior Senior Bowl week.
2: Yeah, I, I think of those three, Blake Freeland has the most to gain at at the combine. Just he didn't play very well uh, in the Senior Bowl, even in the Senior Bowl game he was right tackle for some, then switched to the left tackle. Freeland is going to just blow people away at the combine, where I think it's going to resurrect his stock and. I wish he'd play better at the Senior Bowl, but he played great almost every year at BYU. I just And he played some good competition, so I'm not too worried about it. I think that he'll bounce back to being a top three tackle at the Combine. So Blake Freeland, for me, is the one where I'm like, if he can put up some great numbers, good bench press, uh, he's agile, he's fast, good wingspan, I think that's going to help Blake Freeland a lot.
4: Scouting Combine takes place at the end of the month, uh, then rolls into the early days of uh, March. So kind of right before the WCC tournament, around February 28th to March 3rd, uh, you'll have the Scouting Combine. We'll have you covered on on kslsports.com. But it's a chance that, honestly, NFL teams, they they fall in love with guys at the Combine. You know, the the film should be the end-all be-all. We were just talking in the break about this. It feels like, hey, just rely on the film. Blake Freeland was awesome on film. Yep. You know, and sometimes, too, I, I have to always remind myself, these are massive job interviews. I I always am that person personally in job interviews. I feel like I, I I bungle it all the time. I'm not a good job interview person. I don't feel like I show my best in an interview, but once you get me in the day-in, day-out grind, that's where I'm going to shine because I feel yep. comfortable. I know that, like, my place is here. Now i got to elevate myself and and take it to a higher level. So sometimes... You know, job interviews can just be intimidating, and maybe, you know, Blake Freeland, who was darn near flawless at BYU this past season, maybe has a missed assignment uh, against, uh, you know, in in a one-on-one where, you know, he would not have done that if, you know, being at BYU. And Because there's a lot of pressure. I mean, you're talking millions of dollars. You know, if you go from, you know, in Blake Freeland's case, he's the type of guy that could be a second-round pick. If he has a, you know, bad 10-yard split, he doesn't put up much in the bench press he doesn't have a, a, a long broad jump maybe he's fifth round I mean right. that's it's it crazy. sounds crazy but that's how the NFL works and
2: Here, here's a question for you yeah. I thought this was interesting so the Super Bowl is coming up and we'll break that down in the next segment the NFL PA director wants the combine gone I don't know if you yeah. saw that I think I'm with him I think the yes. combine is ridiculous actually I, I'd love to have that thing dumped Do you agree Agree. Uh, you know, it's a fun event to cover for
4: content. You know, what we're talking about it right here. It's it's good content, but yeah, I agree. It just it, it there's too much stock placed on it and yep. it's not translating to Sundays or Saturdays in the fall. It nope. it just doesn't correlate. I mean, yes, the measurables, the metric like you gotta have a nice you gotta have the, the, the build, you know, the prototypical build in most cases, but Tyler Algier's not your prototypical running back. And the guy was awesome this year as a rookie. He was one of the best running backs in the NFL, so Yeah, do away with the combine. Bad combine
2: numbers too for Algier. Maybe slipped a bit, and the Falcons benefited. So, all right. Well, best of luck to those three. Hope that they all perform well, and would love to see them all find the right teams and be drafted high. We'll take the break on the other side. The Super Bowl. The Eagles. The Chiefs. We'll discuss our uh, thoughts, predictions after this.
3: It's Cougar Sports Saturday. Sports Saturday. Saturday, A presentation of KSL Sports. KSL Sports. Left wing for three. He got it again! BYU Sports Talk by Cougar Fans for Cougar Fans. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte, on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars. KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM.
4: Welcome back in. Happy Super Bowl weekend. It's a holiday, right? I mean, we yeah, we got to get to a point I was hoping this year with and with the new NFL schedule of having 17 regular season games, I was hoping that it would cause the Super Bowl to land on the Sunday before President's Day because I've always vouched for the Monday after Super Bowl needs to be a holiday. Because we need a day to recover. You're right. That's a great idea. We need the day to recover, and it would be great if it was the day before Presidents' Day, because then we'd have an off day, kind of like oh, recoup. Because everyone has like a party, they stay out late, and uh, they eat just tons of food. So you got this lull that next day. Uh, but uh, you know, anyway, I, 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 Super Bowl weekend's always fun. It's a great holiday. It's a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to the game. 4:30 kick. That is one thing too. That is one of my pet peeves is my, my wife's family, some of my brother-in-laws will say, Mitch, what time's the kick? It's the same kickoff every year. <laughs> what are we doing? It's 4.30. It's like technically 4.33 or something, I think, is what if you want to get
2: real deep in the weeds. Probably but. more like 4.45 <laughs> after we've got the three-minute national anthem. That's true. What
4: What's your favorite part about the Super Bowl, uh, the day? Like We talked about the, the food earlier it's going to be a good matchup. Chiefs, Eagles, great on-field match, but a lot of good storylines. We'll dive into that. But what do you like about Super Bowl Sunday?
2: Well, I love football, so I love watching the game. But I I love that people who don't love football love to get into it. I think it's just – it's become like a great party where people who don't necessarily care will come and eat and hang. It's just – it's fun to have like a – a yearly manufactured party where everyone is looking forward to it. You get the food, you hang out. Like we've been taking it to the next level at our house lately, Mitch, where we'll get candy for the colors of the team. So last year we oh, had cool. we had orange and blue uh, tootsie rolls, and then this year we got red and green. And nice. you know, there's like, just kind of play on the theme. And so that's what I think I love about about it the most is just it's just this big event. It's fun. One th-
4: I have a theory, Matt. When I bring this up with like, what, what do you like about Super Bowl? Because you're right, everyone gets enamored with Super Bowl Sunday. It's just it's fun. Even like BYU fans enjoy it too. And and I and I bring that up because I don't think BYU fans are all in on the NFL no. all the time. Like I think there's a large percentage of BYU fans. They're like, like yeah, I want the local, you know, I want the former BYU guys to do well. But I'm not like hardcore NFL person. I I just. I like college football. I like BYU football. Uh but even, you know, BYU fans, they enjoy Super Bowl. Who doesn't? I mean Super Bowl is awesome. I, I've always wondered, too, why do we not see this in college football? Like why does the national championship have no clouds? Just because it's a Monday? No one gets hyped up for, hey, you doing college football playoff Georgia That's a TCU good question. party?
2: The Monday element hurts for sure. Yeah. It probably should be on a Saturday, mm-hmm. honestly. I I think some of it too though is It's taken the Super Bowl a long time to get here, too. Like College football has been messing with how we define a national champion for the past 30 years. It was once a vote. Then there was the computer systems. Now there's the playoff. I think if the college football playoff and college football can figure out what they want to do, stop the realignment, stop the – because there's so many storylines, we got a text earlier today where it's like Power Five football sucks. The transfer portal, it's messing with it. College football, yeah, college football is always changing. It's hard to like build traditions because you don't really know what's going to happen. One thing we're enjoying the the holy war, BYU Utah. Next thing, it's gone. Yeah. We, we don't know where it is. So I think that plays into it too. Or maybe if college football can land on a calendar. And this is what we're gonna do, and we do it for a while. Maybe the the national championship game can take root. It, it,
4: that's that's a good point. You don't outside of the coaches, you don't have the players that become institutions with
2: a school like
4: Patrick Mahomes. He's the new, I think, Tom Brady. Where yeah. every year we're gonna be hearing this man be in the championship rounds of the NFL, where just he becomes this bigger than life figure as an athlete. You don't get that as much in college football. There's for every Tim Tebow, there's a lot of people that the casual sports fan just has never heard of. Like yep. we can we can tell you till Stetson we're blue. Bennett. Yeah, Stetson Bennett, Max Duggan. You're like casual sports fan goes who? You know right. what I mean? Like it, that, that there's something to that too. And I I get it. NFL is the highest level. We're we're biased because we love college football so much. I'm curious too. Where does the Super Bowl, in your opinion, stack up as far as events go in the whole sports calendar? Is it the best to you? Like the, the major tent pole events in sports throughout the year is, is Super Bowl number one?
2: No, it's not. And here's my top three, I think. The opening round of college basketball. No order here. March just, Madness. March, no. the opening round. That is sweet. But by, by the final four, I've kind of like fallen off, honestly. But it, it, it's, it's. I'm that, with you. Sweet 16
4: the- is like this ominous football stadium. And you're like, these weird views, the press tables, like almost like flat with the yes, court and you're like yes.
2: this it just feels different opening weekend of March Madness. Yeah. I would say the opening weekend of college football okay. that to me this is, is a like a holiday. One, yeah. Just that Labor that Day, first baby. yes, Labor Day the first week of college football. And then, you know, it's not the Super Bowl. Here's the problem with the Super Bowl. The games haven't always been great. We've had a good run lately. But there's been a lot of meh games. Like, you're not guaranteed a great game. I might say number three for me would be the NBA Finals. I think the NBA Finals is really fun because it's so long. There's so many back and forths. And so, yeah. Honorable mention 3B, the Masters. Yeah. I was going to say,
4: Masters to me is awesome. I love watching the Masters. It's. It's just appointment viewing. I just yep. think that I've that's one of the the bucket list items. Uh I also like not as much as I once did. But growing up, I really liked Wimbledon, the the tennis match. uh Two weeks at Wimbledon, breakfast at Wimbledon, <laughs> NBC. Breakfast you know, at Wimbledon. You remember that 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 theme song yeah. on NBC it was like dun 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 dun. <laughs> like I I love that I. I, I really liked Wimbledon. It's not as popular now. There's not as many U.S. athletes, so I don't rally around certain individual talents anymore. Uh, I love March Madness. I think that's amazing.
2: Super Bowl's up there, though. I, I think, I will say... I but is like, it up there for the game, or is it up there because of the food and and everything else? I think it's just because it's, it's one, football, but two, it's become,
4: it's the one sporting event that even my family members that don't give a rip about sports, they have some sort of interest. So it actually brings family together. Whereas most sports that I, I deal with, BYU in particular, it divides my families like cause I see firsthand <laughs> BYU in Utah divides them all. So it's like, uh, you know, like the, the, we can't sing Kumbaya over BYU sports because there's so many disagreements. And uh, but yeah, Super Bowl is fun because it's just a it's a party. Everyone's watching. It's it's one of the few things too in this era where you're everyone's distracted by by streaming options, video games, so many entertainment choices that it's like it's the one thing that we all still watch. You know, it's it's kind of like the old series finales of what MASH back in the day on TV where like everyone's watching. It's the one thing that still kind of captures <laughs> that audience and that's always kind of a cool thing to feel part of something that everyone is watching. The commercials too are kind of a thing even though they're, they're not funny anymore. Everyone's afraid to offend someone. So there's no <laughs> no funny commercials. I remember the the frogs back in the day thing and those were cool. The Spuds McKenzie, like those those commercials, used to be fun and entertaining. Now it's just here is some gaslighting to messaging to
2: let you know like you're you're a terrible person. I'm putting you on the spot here, and we're not getting out of this segment till we make picks and talk about the game. What's your favorite Super Bowl commercial of all time? Because I've got one. Okay, my favorite Super Bowl commercial of all time was the Castaway FedEx one where he knocks on the <laughs> door and he's like, this box saved my you got to go YouTube this if you haven't seen it. Castaway Super Bowl <laughs> commercial. And the woman rips open this box. I've got to know what's in this box. And this woman <laughs> rips it open. Oh, you know, a satellite phone, some seeds, like all these necessary <laughs> items to survive.
4: <laughs> I actually remember that. Uh, sadly, maybe I should be saying this on KSL, But I like the, what's up? Like, I loved all the, is it bad to say I like the beer commercials? When they were in their heyday, like Budweiser, when it was always a funny commercial, I liked the Bud Bowl back in the day. (laughs) Again, I don't know if I'm supposed to be saying this, but (laughs) I love the, what's up? Maybe because I was a kid. I don't know. And it just kind of stayed with me. And, like, you hear that, and you instantly know what I'm talking about. So it left an impression on all of us. Wasn't the, uh, uh... I don't know if it was a it was a Super Bowl ad. Was it the Verizon guy? Wasn't he a thing on? He started on Super Bowl. I don't
2: remember that. But that, remember first, that, guy that for Verizon guy! Oh my goodness, <laughs> I hated those commercials.
4: <laughs> Can you hear me now, man? Yeah.
2: Oh my goodness. The game. Let's talk about the game for a second. Oh yeah, there's a game. There is a game. It's an interesting game because this is what I love about this game in particular. There are two opposing styles of football or let me rephrase that there's two opposing philosophies in football in this game the Eagles represent kind of the modern new era of football which is don't spend on a quarterback draft a guy sign all these free agents just build up every other position and then you've got the Chiefs which are find a generational quarterback pay him a bunch of money a bunch of other positions are going to suffer but can this generational talent take you to the top? We're going to find out tomorrow because this is a a wonderful clash of those two football philosophies. The Eagles are better at nearly every position but quarterback. And then there's one of the great coaches of all time, Andy Reid, who in the past three or four years, Mitch, has maybe had the biggest ascension in the history of the NFL. He went from being a good NFL coach To becoming, what, the second best NFL coach of all time? Yeah. He's probably not going to pass Belichick, but he is widely regarded currently as the best NFL coach. And if he wins tomorrow, I mean, with him and Mahomes, how many rings could... He's making a case to be the second greatest coach of all time. And he's a BYU guy. That's what's so great. You love Andy Reid. So that's why I love this game. I tend to believe generational talents can overcome a lot of stuff. So I'm picking the Chiefs. I just think Mahomes is so much better than Jalen Hurts. In a close game, who do you trust to make the plays? It's Patrick Mahomes. He's healthier. I like Reed to get another ring, and I like the Chiefs. I, I like that. Uh, you know, I, This is going to be a game,
4: I think, that, that does come down to the wire. I'm going to go with the Eagles, though. I, I thought that what they did against... A depleted 49ers team Don't yes. give him
2: any credit for that. They but didn't have a
4: quarterback. Eagles have been good the whole year. They've been dominant. And what was that? That that head coach, Sirianni, yeah. his terrible press conference, his introductory press conference was awful. He got, he got
2: let go by Reed. And, and he's, that's kind of an interesting storyline.
4: Exactly. And he's been a guy that's been on the come-up. And I think that they've done a fantastic job. I just think, you know, I, I want to see the Chiefs from the standpoint of there's BYU ties with Bushman the will be there. Bushman, Zane Anderson, if you want to get deep in the weeds, uh their offensive quality control coach, <laughs> Porter Ellett. He's a BYU graduate. Again, deep cuts here from Cougar Sports Saturday. And then of course Andy Reid. So the BYU ties lie with the Chiefs. And from that standpoint, I'd I'd want the Chiefs, but I think the Eagles are going to get it done. And look, maybe- I don't trust Jalen Hurts. If you want to get real deep with a BYU tie, maybe you could say you could spin something with uh, Brent Covey, right? He's like a – No, he's like a, he's can't. Like, he's a welcome you BYU could, you guy. Could,
2: you could spin – BYU hey, fans love Brayton Covey. If you watch late night news in Philly, you, Vice Sikahama <laughs> was there. There's the connection. But
4: <laughs> you, I'm just saying, like, BYU fans, that's one former Utah player that BYU fans, they always wish they could have gotten. Yes. Brayton Covey, he's that one, like, guy that they just wish, ah – could have got Brayton Covey.
2: Fair enough. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. Let's wrap up the show with uh, Cougar Tales on the other side. We'll do that next. It's Cougar Sports Saturday, powered by KSLSports.com. Welcome back in. It's Cougar Sports Saturday, final segment of the show. And it's, it's been a great one. Uh, Shout-outs before we get to Cougar Tales here. Producer Nate Slack, good uh, top five list. I always like him a little more when I win. I, yes. I will admit that. And uh, our our board op, Eric, he's done a nice job as well today. But right now we bring our producer, Nate Slack, back in for some Cougar Tales.
1: Back in for some Cougar Tales. we got uh, four main stories, and I think we're going to toss over to Matt for one. So I believe it was earlier this week, maybe last week, they announced that the spring game and the alumni game are going to be televised on BYU TV on Friday, March 31st. But with it being televised on on BoE TV, I'm curious how much you guys think we're actually going to be able to see.
4: I, I don't care, just anything. Yeah, I, agree. I, I think you know, Cougar fans will get the chance to just kind of see Slovis just sling that ball, even if it's half effort. I just seeing them in a jersey. There's going to be so many new faces, man. I can't wait till March 6 when Spring Ball starts. We're going to be down there as much as as possible, and and man, Spring Ball is going to be fun because. And I think that's what makes this this broadcast, having a spring game on TV, so fun. Because I don't think Cougar fans really care what how much is shown. I think
2: they just want to see these new faces in yeah, Jersey. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I do think that the game will be dumbed down a bit. Sure. Because just that competitive advantage. But, again, to your point, don't care. Just, just to see guys running around have football, that's great.
1: And it's not that far away, if you think about it. No. Um, next one. I'll have so, a
2: second kid by then. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm gonna Ow. be. I'm gonna be a zombie on yeah. March 31st. You
1: are. <laughs> San Diego State and SMU. We've talked about rumored to the Pac-12, and uh, this is the first time, really, that there's been expansion rumors without any mention of BYU. How nice is that?
2: Oh, it's the best. It's just phenomenal. BYU is their place is secure, and you don't have to. The thing that I loved about the Big 12, too. There was never a fit concern. Like if, if BYU was out there and there's a the Pac-12, we'd be like, yeah, we probably need to deal with. It, but like all these concerns,
4: don't have them. It's great. It, it's it's a perfect fit for BYU, and uh, it's nice to be on kind of the right side uh, for once when it comes to realignment talks.
1: Former Saints head coach Sean Payton is now the new head coach of the Denver Broncos. Would you guys like to see Taysom Hill rejoin him in Denver?
2: Absolutely not. Under no circumstances. Oh. He did him dirty by picking uh, Jameis Winston over him. No, I want him to go somewhere fresh, not New Orleans, not Sean Payton, somewhere new. You know where I would love to see him, actually? Big D, Dallas Cowboys, Mm. maybe be that gadget guy, also quasi-backup. I wouldn't mind that. I feel like Sean Payton, though, is the only man
4: that would actually give him a chance to start games as a quarterback. So, yes, I want him to go to Denver. If Russell Wilson has another bad year, step right in, Taysom Hill.
1: Last one I've got, so yesterday softball played Wisconsin in, uh, in Mexico, and a freshman pitcher threw a complete game shutout, allowed just three hits, had nine Ks, and it got me thinking about the best first career appearances in BYU history, um, aside from maybe Tanner Mangum at Boise State in 2015, Matt Carlino, Boy- Baylor in, in 2013. Those are good 2013. ones. Anybody else you guys can think of?
2: No, mm-hmm. Mangum's the one that comes to mind for me. Nebraska, yeah, yeah. with the,
4: the Hail Mary there. Uh, I would say first game appearances at, at BYU. Uh, you know, maybe it's it's not really first game, but it was kind of the breakthrough. It was real first kind of significant reps was Tyler Algier against Navy, but yeah, now a, but good one. but that was like his third year in. Um, that's that's a good that's a good question. Max Hall 0-7 against mm. Arizona. That would be another That's one I would one. Yeah.
2: I would pick. He That's was good one. he was really good from the get go. All right, quick one. I know we're out of time, but did you guys see the article where BYU had been doing some analysis to oh, uh, yes. help break down film, film faster? Yeah. That was pretty cool. Shout out to BYU and some researchers who can analyze tendencies in NFL film a lot faster than coaches. So I thought that was cool. All right, go ahead, Mitch. Yeah, signing off. We'll talk to you next week
4: here on Cougar Sports Saturday.
2: I'm Dave Colley.